Hoosiers actually have a winning streak on the basketball court. Are they going to be able to keep it going in one of their last relatively easy games of the season? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen. I want to thank FanDuel, our new sponsor. We're excited to have them on board. Today's episode is brought to you by them. They are the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hoosiers, I don't want to I, I don't want to call it an easy game necessarily because it is a Big Ten game and a Big Ten road game. But the Hoosiers have their easiest remaining game of the season tonight in the barn in Minnesota. It's a, a good time to have it. They're on a win streak, have some momentum going. It's a chance to really keep things rolling as they schedule is going to get a lot tougher after this. Let's talk about tonight's game. As I said, at the barn up in Minnesota, 9 p.m. tip off, uh, take a nap, have some coffee, whatever it's going to take. Cause this is going to be a late one on uh, Wednesday tonight. We will have a live stream after it. I might fall asleep during it, but we will have a live stream after it. Be sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube, following us on Twitter to join in on the convo on that one. But a 9 p.m. tip-off on Big Ten Network. This is a series that uh, dominated in recent years by Indiana. They're 74-51 and all-time, but they have won the last five games against the Gophers, including two of them up in Minnesota. They've won seven of the last eight. Minnesota hasn't had consecutive wins against Indiana since 2010 and 2011. Last year's game was deceiving based on the scoreline. 84-79 was the final score, but it was a game Indiana like dominated, controlled, let the foot off the gas at the end and made it look closer than it was. But it was a win the Hoosiers really needed at that time. I think they were in kind of must-win territory late in the season. At the time, we thought they needed to win every game to make the tournament. They didn't. They still made the tournament. But nonetheless, X had 24 points in that game. Trace had 14-8. and eight. Miller Cop had 10. Geronimo had 10. Uh, it was a stereotypical game for the Hoosiers last season where nothing felt like it could come easy, but the Hoosiers have won, like I said, five straight games against Minnesota. And this is a pretty bad Minnesota team, like worse than Kennesaw state bad. Now Kennesaw state almost beat Indiana, albeit the Hoosiers were down a number of bodies in that game. But according to Ken Palm, Minnesota is 191st. Kennesaw State, for example, is 157th, so that gives you a sense of just how bad this Minnesota team is, and they might be without their best player. We'll talk about that in the next segment, but 
Ken Palm predicts the Hoosiers to win this one 74 to 63 with an 82% win probability. They do not predict another win for Minnesota this year. They are 7 and 11. They are 1 and 7 in the Big 10. They Minnesota will not be favored in a single game the rest of the season. And it's not close if you look at the win probabilities. Their best shot at a win is the season finale at home against Wisconsin. Their only win this year came against Ohio State. Ohio State's kind of a funky team to get a feel for this year. They've blown a little hot and cold. Outside of that, it's the only win Minnesota's had since before Christmas was against Ohio State. They've lost seven of their first eight Big Ten games. It's just a, a brutal, um, I was going to say a brutal stretch. This team's just not very good, if we're being honest. And we'll we'll look at some of the specifics. The one that's going to jump out is they are uh, almost the very worst, excuse me, they now are the very worst free throw shooting team in the country. So IU should win that battle at least. FanDuel, our new sponsors have the Hoosiers favored by nine and a half points in this one. I couldn't tell you the last time IU was favored by nine and a half points. It would have been that Kennesaw state game actually, because I bet on the Hoosiers to win by, I believe 13. And it wasn't until the very, very end that they covered. So it's been a long time since Indiana has been favored by this much. It, I mean, it's fair. This is a, again, a really bad Minnesota team. We'll take a look at some of the specifics about them, who they might be without uh, heading into this contest as well here in just a moment. But let's talk about FanDuel. We mentioned them as part of that segment. They don't have any player props, anything like that up for this game. Indiana by 9.5, minus 480 money line, over under 136.5, which Ken Palm has at 74.63, which is 137. That, I mean, if anything Ken Palm is accurate about, it is almost always right on the nose on the over-under. But FanDuel, exciting new partner with us, and they have a hell of a deal for you guys. They're the number one sportsbook in America, and if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. I have long time used FanDuel very easy site to use and new customers. If you join today, you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you have to do is make one $5 bet bet on Indiana minus whatever I said, the line minus 480. It's, it would be a shock if Indiana loses this one. It doesn't even have to be a, a good bet minus 480 on the Hoosiers to win. And you're going to get $150 in free bets just by signing up at FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money lines, point spreads. They'll have player props up for the IU game tomorrow as well. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger profit with a same-game parlay. All on an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. Get started with some IU bets so that you're ready for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Everybody loves betting on that. Place your first $5 bet, get $150 in free bets, win or lose. 
doesn't even have to be a bet you you win. Even if IU gets upset tomorrow, you're still getting $150 in free bets. So make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you guys get podcasts. You can also check out Locked On Big Ten. I jumped on there with Nate for today's episode to talk both about I use kind of resurgence on the men's side and take a look at the women's side, not just for IU, but for the conference as a whole. So if you guys want to listen to that, I was on there as well. Let's look at this Minnesota team. Not a good team, as we said. If you look at them on Ken Palm, it is a lot of red. A lot of very ugly. (laughs) Very, very ugly. They are the worst offense in the Big Ten. The worst defense in the Big Ten. They are the second worst team at offensive rebounds. The second worst team at getting to the line. The second worst team at forcing turnovers. The worst team at shooting free throws. Uh, the worst team or third worst team at shooting three pointers, the second worst team at allowing three pointers. They give up the most three point attempts. So they give up a lot and don't, and they're open looks. So truly a bad team. And these ranks aren't even just like worse in the big 10. Like this is one of the worst offenses in the country. 262nd. Uh, They're 280th in effective field goal percentage. They are one of the worst teams in the country at offensive rebounds. They don't get them. They give up a lot. They don't turn you over at all. IU should have no issue with turnovers. They're not a team that creates turnovers. The only things that they do kind of decently is... They don't foul you. That might be because they're they're nowhere near you. They're just giving up open shots. They do not foul you. They defend the two decently well, but at the cost of just giving up wide open three-pointers. I haven't watched Minnesota a lot. I don't know if they're simply just not stepping 15 feet away from the basket. I'm not really certain there. It could be a get-right game for Indiana to shoot some open threes. But this is a really bad team. This is a really, really bad team. They don't take three-pointers. They give up a lot of three-pointers. Just across the board, a team that has struggled. They they have one top 130 win this season, and it was at Ohio State game in Ohio State, which, like I said, Ohio State is a funky team, and that game featured Dawson Garcia scoring 28 points. Now – Dawson Garcia is their best player. He's averaging 14.9 points, shooting 44% from the field, six rebounds. Um, A legitimately good player who is not even certain to play in tomorrow's game. So if he is out, he is one of their, he probably is their best offensive threat, a 6'11 big man. If he is out, this team's going to be even worse. So... There should be no reason IU should not control this game. This is an IU team that is now good. 
and have gotten things fixed. This needs to be a game. You walk in there, take care of business, and walk out of Minnesota with a road win. A lot of teams have done that in the Big Ten this season. Michigan snuck out of there with a four-point win, but Purdue beat them by over 20. Illinois beat them by 18. They they have had some close games. Nebraska and Wisconsin were one-possession games. It was a one-possession win over Ohio State, but then they started off Big Ten play with 19 and 15-point losses to Purdue and Michigan. Uh, so this is a bad Minnesota team. That that I'm being – it might sound like I'm being harsh, but I'm just trying to set the, the scene here because this should not be a game Indiana struggles with. With or without Xavier Johnson – they're going to have Race Thompson, even as they try to work him back into the lineup, which is going to be one of the biggest things to watch. He spoke to the media on Tuesday. Very enlightening interview. He spoke very kind of candidly that when he had that injury against Iowa, he thought his career was done. He said his his career flashed before his eyes, and it was very emotional. It kind of has given him a new outlook on the rest of this season that he thought it had been taken away from him. It has not. He's back on the court. He's playing at home for the last time. He said he's going to have between 50, 60 family members there. A great chance. Great for him. Uh, not just to be back, but to be back in time for this game. His, like I said, he's from Minnesota. It's his last time to play in Minnesota. So excited for him in that regard. He gave an interesting quote, though. And... He kind of said it with a little bit of a smile, but he was speaking about how well Jordan Geronimo was playing. He said that he had been talking to Geronimo from the minute his injury happened to give him encouragement, give him advice. And he said, Jordan Geronimo has been playing well and he has to earn minutes back from him, which he said with a bit of a smile, but also, um, I, I think he also kind of meant it genuinely. Like, that's the type of player that race is. That's the type of leader you want. So, excited to see him back. We didn't see it a lot on Sunday. I'm fine with them not rushing him back. And so, hopefully he'll be able to play more in this one. This is a really good game to try to reintegrate somebody into the lineup. And so, hopefully he's able to play a bit, shake off that rust, because after this game, things are going to get a lot more difficult for Indiana. They're going to play Ohio State, Maryland. The Purdue game's coming up. A rematch against Rutgers. They have Illinois again. Uh, they have Purdue late in the season. Like Things are going to get a lot more difficult for Indiana, which even more reason that they need to take advantage of this opportunity for a comfortable win. Let's not make it hairy. Let's not get out to a big lead and let them come back. Just take care of business, get the win so that we can jump on here tomorrow night and talk about how easy that was and how dominant trace continues to be. Let's wrap some things up with bracketology. We spoke about it last week. I don't know that anybody has a real feel for Indiana because they are way back up in the latest bracketology We'll give you both the men's and women's updates for that here in just a moment. 
So when we spoke last week about men's bracketology, it was all over the place. It was IU was a a bubble team in some. They were kind of on that 8-9 range. They were in the playing game in some. Certain sites who have bracketology done by Purdue graduates did not have IU even in the tournament. It was really hard to argue it at the time because Indiana was a mess. And you really didn't have a feel for them at all. Since then, you have much more a feel for Indiana. It certainly seems like Indiana had their blip, which was largely injury-induced, and they're back on track. And that certainly, it seems like, how bracketology is treating them, because they are up to a five seed now. Um, Joe Lenardi released his bracket, his latest one, on Monday, which includes IU's last victory. They have IU as a five seed in Orlando, uh, taking on Oral Roberts. The If they win that, they would take on the winner of TCU and Santa Barbara. They're in the same bracket, the same region out west in Vegas, familiar place, with Houston as the one seed, UNC as the eight seed, Maryland as the 11 seed, some familiar faces. UNC is the two seed out there. Iowa State's a three seed. It's going to be interesting to see how much IU can continue to climb and rebuild its resume. Because, again, as we said, there is still no bad loss on this resume. There are a number of losses, but none of them are bad. And the committee is willing to add some context into what your resume may look like. So if Indiana has this three-game skid, they get back on track, they look something a lot more like the team that was once a one, two, three seed, I think they're going to keep rising up the rankings. It's going to, I don't, I mean, the Minnesota game isn't going to change that. It's going to be the games after that. Ohio State, Purdue, who is, the number one overall seed, uh, beating them, it would be enormous for the Hoosiers resume. That would really prove that they are kind of back. But again, if you look at the rest of the bracket, the top seeds are a lot of people Indiana have played. Arizona is a two seed. Kansas is a two seed. We mentioned UNC is an eight seed. Xavier, I believe, uh, I thought they were a three seed. They're in here somewhere. It's hard to find it on the fly. They're a four seed now. Again, the best win Indiana's had, I would say. So there's already a number of teams on here. Michigan State's in here. Illinois is in here. Indiana has some quality wins. I believe even that Illinois win might have been a Q1 win because it was on the road. So IU's resume isn't awful, and if they can get things back on track, it'll look a lot better. The women's side, after Ohio State's loss, after IU's win, they are the number two overall seed in the bracket. South Carolina is the number one overall seed. Indiana is the number two overall seed. On the women's side, they're doing things differently this year, and they just have two regional locations one in greenville 
one in Seattle, which means half the bracket will go to Greenville after the opening rounds. Half the bracket will go to Seattle. I don't like that. And it basically means it's really like, it doesn't matter that I use the number two overall seed because they're going to go to Greenville and it's frustrating in that regard, but they're going to host the opening rounds of the tournament. Anyway, they would play the winner of the playing game between Wagner and Morgan state. And then if they won that game, they would play the winner of Arkansas and Oklahoma state. Some familiar faces again in their bracket, Arizona, who I still want revenge on even if Ari McDonald is well gone I still want to beat them they're the five seed so if the Hoosiers got out of the first two rounds into the sweet 16 they could potentially play Arizona Michigan is a three seed in this bracket LSU is a two seed so I think this is a pretty good path for Indiana LSU is a really tough team I don't know, I don't like that in terms of that being who they play, but that's, I mean, you're in an Elite Eight at that point, and there are no easy games in the Elite Eight, so it's just exciting that Indiana is a one seed. Iowa has moved up to a two seed. Ohio State is still a one seed, they just dropped down a line. They're no longer the number two overall seed, so Ohio State would go to Seattle, as would Stanford. Uh, UConn and Notre Dame are the two seeds with Iowa and LSU. Maryland is a three seed. Michigan's a three seed. A very tough uh, Big Ten this year. North Carolina's a four seed. The Hoosiers have a win over them. Um, UCLA, Virginia Tech, and Oklahoma are the other four seeds. So, again, the women's side as well has some quality wins for the Hoosiers. And I mean, there's literally one loss on their resume, so it it's not a great loss. It's definitely worse than any loss that the men's team has, I would say. But when it's just one loss, it doesn't matter. So I don't think there's a chance Indiana, unless Indiana really just runs the table. I don't think they're passing South Carolina. And even then, it's not going to matter because... At best, they're going to be the number one overall seed and still go to Greenville and still play against South Carolina in Greenville. So that's way down the road. I guess they're not going to play South Carolina unless South Carolina falls off. Not in Greenville, at least, but I don't know. I don't know why they went down to two regionals. It's bad luck for Indiana. It'd be really cool if they had one in Indianapolis or Louisville or Chicago or seems unnecessary to take it down to just two regions, but whatever. It'll be a complaint for another day. It's awesome to see Indiana that high up in these bracketology. As I said, we'll be back tonight to recap this IU-Minnesota game. May not be a long episode. Depends on uh, how late that one ends, but be sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube, following us on Twitter, I want everybody in there to join the conversation tomorrow night. I want to, I want questions. I want to kind of conversate with you guys and really uh, have some fun because I think this is going to be a pretty easy win. I sure hope so. And it, it will be a much more fun show that way. 
So thanks again for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you guys get podcasts. Again, one more time, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you're listening at. Go subscribe on our YouTube so that you can join in on these live shows that we do after every game. As always, guys, have a great Wednesday. Let's go Hoosiers, and most importantly, LEO.